Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk, movie musings for mostly everyone. Listen as these boys attempt to unravel the clues I have so expertly hidden in this film. And remember, where there's a mystery, you can always find me, Mr. E. Chunks and a hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I am your chunk. I'm Doge, and at the start of the evening, Yvette was here by herself, waiting to offer you all a glass of chunk pain. <laughs> chunk, pain. chunk pain. And I'm Carter, and yes, yes, I did it. I hunked Yvette. I hated her so much. It, it, the. F- it put flames, flames on the side of my face, breathing, <laughs> brittle, heaving breaths. <laughs> so good. Oh, my oh, goodness. Well, uh, uh, Carter, of the flames. Yeah, I noticed. The flames of hunkdom do begin to envelop you, Carter. Hunktitude. He glows with it. Please tell us. It's too bad we don't have video because people could have seen the hunktitude. There, as I was soaking it in and then forgetting that this is an audio medium. (laughs) So that was just for my friends. Yeah. Imagine Carter doing very good dancing, like better (laughs) than you, better than you'd expect. Right. Coming from the guy who doesn't know the difference between good dancing and just dancing. (laughs) But that's great. All dancing um, is better than I expect. So my hunkdom kind of came from a place that was unexpected. I have started teaching uh, again this semester. The new semester has started for me and my professing. Uh, And one of the many precautions that we're taking is between the student and the faculty, uh, between that podium, they are putting plexiglass screens. There's a couple of them that are movable and they're about eight feet tall and they start at the floor. And so I had a moment and it was like wondering whether or not to share it with my students. Because if anybody knows the reference I was about to make, it was like, and they haven't had me before. They're like, oh, that's weird. But I've never felt more like my favorite movie character of all time, which is Hannibal Lecter. It did very <laughs> mm. much just feel like it was me and Clarice uh, <laughs> learning about persuasive communication. And Your I, little starlings. I had a little, <laughs> a little starlings. I had a little uh, out-of-body experience there. And I told them I would not. I would try not to be too into character um, for that. But it felt strange. It's a strange season to be teaching. Strange season to be doing anything, getting groceries. <laughs> it's a strange <laughs> season. But yeah, to have it, uh, definitely a scenario I never thought would happen. And I'm wearing a mask at the same yeah. time, right? So now there's that's a twofer. So what can step um, three be? How can you take it a step farther? 
I can't I think, think of any way to do it. I mean, there's, it's not like there's a way to teach from home over the internet or anything like that. So there's no oh, way no, to no, make no. it No, no, no. I'm safer. talking about take the Hannibal Lecter thing <laughs> a step farther. I don't care about safety. I think it depends uh, on whether... Safety is stupid. Yeah. Silence of the Lambs is cool. Yeah, it depends on whether or not students choose to bring a copy of Bon Appetit that I have requested. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. But... Hopefully Maybe it doesn't a plate come to of that. beans. Maybe your lunch every day can be a plate some, of beans. Perhaps some perhaps some fava beans. A, yeah. The Texas version is like refried beans and a dose. Yeah. <laughs> Those like nine, 99 cent ranch beans. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I, dude. I, I ate his <laughs> liver style. with some uh, refried beans and a nice dose and a shot. Tell me, students, have the lamb stopped screaming? <laughs> oh, and uh, students, uh, love the suit. Love the suit. <laughs> Goodness me. But yeah, that's that's the hunctum. That's where that came from. Hannibal. That feels very it feels very movie appropriate. Oh, I like that for a movie reason. That's so good. It was very it was fun. Speaking of fun, we are gonna talk about a movie. It's the first movie in our I don't know if you heard our special guest at the start of this episode. There is a man who's been following mm. us around. His name is Mr. E. And he has laid before us the first movie of our Mr. E series, which is, of course, Clue. And uh, before we start talking about it in depth, right here, right now, I do need a synopsis from our good friend and Capitan of Explaining Things, Doge. Yeah, break off that rust, boy. Shake that rust off of my big book of synopsis. I was trying to think of like a Necronomicon. Ooh. Synopsonomicon. For the- Synopsonomicon. <laughs> do, 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 do. Synopsonomicon. Yeah. Um, so who's your, who's your favorite Batman villain with only one half of a human face? Oh, I would say Two-Face. I think it's probably Joker after a rough accident. But yeah, Two-Face uh, as a standard. <laughs> what if I told you that there was another villain? Three-Face? With the ex- with the exact same affliction. Three face. <laughs> Tell me about it. I think that's who has written our IMDb synopsis because this is written by Two Face Two, as in the T-O-O. sequel. Two Face also. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Well, he's, Wait, what's he's the, what's the first Two Face. But I'm also Two Face. But I'm Two Face Two. So it's T W O Face and then T O. Mom said it's yeah. my turn to have the Two Face. <laughs> Two-Face 2 writes, Six guests with colorful surnames attend a dinner party hosted by a butler and a maid. All are connected in some secret, humiliating manner, and all are being blackmailed. When the blackmailer arrives, the butler reveals that he arranged the evening, intending to kill the blackmailer with his guest's help. But the blackmailer turns the tables, saying that their secrets will be exposed unless they kill the butler. The lights go out, and when they come back on, the blackmailer lies dead. But who killed him, and how? (laughs) That'll work. That was a good synopsis. That was a good synopsis. Maybe Two-Face 2 should stop terrorizing Gotham. Start writing synopsis. Synopsis. Okay, are we ready to to jump into this? Let's jump in. Do you guys have a favorite line from this movie? Like a favorite. Mine was my quote. quote was? Yeah, it's great. It's not the one that made me laugh the hardest. But that was my favorite. Uh, Communism line. was just a red herring. Gets me every it's time. Very good. I think that's hilarious. My favorite line is very early when somebody asks Tim Curry, so you're the butler. What do you do? And he says, well, sir, 
I buttle. I buttle, <laughs> dude. Yes, I my my favorite my the one that made me laugh the hardest, and it was one of those that like I'm laughing hard, and then Chelsea's laughing that I'm laughing so hard because it's kind of obscure. But when Tim Curry walks into when once they've gone into their parties of two, and he goes into a separate room from Madeline Kahn and says, "If there's anyone in here, look out!" <laughs> that, that made me laugh. So okay, so I think I think the best place to really truly start our discussion is by me making a bold statement, and I don't care who knows it. Okay, I don't care who knows this. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. not going to apologize, and I'm planting my flag. This is the best board game based movie of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't care. Did you see I don't the care who knows? Did you see I the trailers that. for Hungry Hungry Hippos? Though? Oh my gosh! Tell me you're joking. <laughs> it stars John Cena, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and Vin Diesel. I can't tell. I, mean, I still can't tell if you're joking. It's like the Expendables. <laughs> They're like no, genuinely. This is a real no. thing. It's like a no, military. It's, <laughs> it's a paramilitary force. They go down to the Congo. They're called the Hunger Hungry no, Hippos you because are they wrong. look for you drug dealers. They gobble up all the cocaine you that they lying. have, all the white balls <laughs> they've got. Dude, we live in a world though that there's enough crazy ideas Could out have there. Been real. Tell me somebody wouldn't make for. that movie though. Could have been right? real. I so. I'm going to I'm going to start for real with my super dump just to get it out of the way so that we can understand the lens through which I am talking about this movie if that's okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, my super dump for the movie Clue, uh the 1985 movie Clue is how we sports ready every character in this movie except for Michael McKean is. <laughs> I mean, it's like gross. Like there, there yeah. were multiple it's, times where I was like, oh, come on. Like everybody yeah. really. Is that yeah. the joke though? I, I do think that's part like, is of that it. an intentional piece of the satire? It, that's what kind of made it feel almost like kind of Mel Brooks and kind of like Animal House and kind of like, it's 1985 too. So it's like, and I'm the last thing I want to do is make an excuse for something that could be yeah troubling, but it, it, yeah. I, Jordan, I, I, I definitely dump on it. It's, it's, it's a kind of thing to where it doesn't feel like it ages well, especially when you're wondering like what's going on in movie business behind the scenes. Right there. Yeah. There, know, before I, I have no problem movie. accepting the fact that it probably is part of the joke and that the part of it's yeah. probably part of skewering the genre a little bit. Um, and I hear that, but there were, there were moments where it was just like, we can't go 30 seconds, Oof. really like 30 yeah. seconds without something come on. On. No, yeah. I totally agree. I'm I'm mostly just playing Wiimote's advocate at this point. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, there is a, a lot of Wii Sports readiness here. It's too much. That's there's for sure. Sensuality. Since 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 you will. Um. <laughs> uh. This is the same year as Back to the Future. Yeah. And also the youngest that Christopher Lloyd has ever been. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, right. so this is random. I just watched a clip of a TV show called Taxi from the late seventies, early eighties. I mm-hmm. grew up watching with Taxi. him in it, and he's you're older than he's I. He's like a he's like a Kramer ish character, kind of like the butt of the yeah. joke of being dumb. And he looks like, I mean, he he looks super young. The early eighties were not kind to him. He aged very rapidly. Between very rapidly. I, I mean, whatever has happened, and it's probably. I mean, it's it's definitely a lot of prosthetics sure. to to be old doc brown sure. but like he's pretty convincingly old and back to the future right yeah. and 
This is the same year. Well, and Angels just, in the Outfield was only about a decade later, and he looks very old in Angels in the Outfield. So. Yeah. Speaking of decades, uh, you know, I, I was having fun looking at Tim. Tim Curry kind of does iconic movies every decade. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because 10 years before was the Rocky Horror Picture Show for yep. him. And I thought those might have been closer together. And uh, talk about a difference between uh, the sexuality. I totally. mean, that, that is very intentionally yeah. supposed to be, you know. Uh, but like Tim Curry rules Alamo Drafthouse, yeah. doesn't he? I mean, he's got, <laughs> I think he he's got yeah. so many of these movies that are just cult classics. Well, he's got Clue, it, Home Alone Clue, in the next decade. Yeah, like, right. Clue lost money. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, Clue did not yeah. make money. It lost like $10,000 or something. It almost came back even. But then again, in the movie business, that's not even. Right. There's some some more that, that gets factored in there. Um, but the the momentum that it gains after that is, I mean, a cult classic. So Yeah. Yeah, I think that this movie... So, the Doge, this was your first time watching it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. This is my second or third time seeing this movie. The last time I remember watching it, I was very young. So it kind of was like watching it with fresh eyes a lot of the time here for me. There was stuff I did not, like I didn't remember how it ended at all. Um, mm. And so there was a lot of stuff that felt like kind of getting to watch it for the first time. And and I will say that I, I understand the cult following of this movie. There is something Absolutely. yeah, like so, so fun here. Yeah, Absolutely that I don't think gets Agreed. tapped into a lot. Like there is a, there is almost a disregard for logic because it feels like a lot of the decision-making was like, yeah, 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 yeah. But this is so much fun. Like, this is so funny. Yeah. This, you know, it's, yeah, when, it's the ensemble writing. Like it really does feel like, like <laughs> Mel Brooks, that kind of like, except for that uh, the dialogue itself is terrible. Like, I disagree. I, I think there are bright moments, but I think the actual written dialogue is pretty, pretty rough. But that feels like overall dialogue was one of my favorite parts I, of the movie. Yeah, yeah me too. Uh, no, no, no. I agree. And I think a lot of that has to do with who's delivering the lines and the way that they deliver them. Uh, I, I, don't get me wrong. I love the dialogue and I, that's where 90% of my laughs were coming from. Um, but yeah. it, it, it so, does not feel like this was an expertly crafted tight script by any means. Oh no, I not, not super, but it's still, I don't know. It's still so fun. My, almost my super pump. It's definitely a pump, uh, was just, it does feel like everyone is keenly aware that there is such an improvisational vibe to this because it is based on a board game. Right. It's the first yeah. time this ever happens, Right. First time and the only time anyone remembers, if there's been another one, you know, I, when I read that trivia, I was like, wait, there's more? Because it said it's the first time. Uh, Battleship. Like, oh, wait. Oh, Battleship. Battleship. There's Oof. another clue from 2014, too. Wait, right. Really? So that happens again. And there's uh-huh. there's a Jason Bateman written clue in the works right now. Who knows when hmm. that'll happen. Okay, I'm kind of into that, though, is the thing. Yeah, for sure. And I am, too. But I think for everyone to come in... And it kind of also, what felt Mel Brooks about it too is like what Young Frankenstein does for horror movies. It felt like this does for the tropey mystery flip. Who done it? Agatha Christie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. exactly. And I love that this is the first of our series. Yes. It's almost like this was intentional. But (laughs) to come in and look, to come in and look at basically like a farce version of the mystery stuff, the fact that they're all moving together, not just at the time when Wadsworth is running them around the house and finding the killer, but anytime there's a gasp altogether, like yes. I, I'm all about it. 
absolutely all yes. about it. And you start to think it's kind of a, it's not necessarily like a meta gaming, but when they're splitting people up, doesn't that sometimes happen when you're playing Clue? It's like you almost go in twos because someone else wants to go ahead and get the clue out of there before you do. It's like, I yeah. don't want you to have a head start. And I think it's, and this movie wasn't meant for everyone who's played right. Clue. Like it wasn't meant to be like, you remember, like if, if there's ever going to be a Zelda movie, a good Zelda movie, they're going to want to drop a bunch of stuff that only people who have played it right. know. Right. Yeah. There's going to be certain characters that you're excited about because you experienced them in a different way than somebody else did. And they meant a lot to you. But like Clue is just, it's just, let's just do it. And it seems yep. so fun. And it keeps that vibe to me the entire time through almost every aspect of the movie. Yeah. So my, my super pump is actually the script. Uh, and, and I would include in that the, the, both the stage direction and the dialogue. I think the dialogue, I don't know, Jordan, I think we're just getting totally different reads on it. I think the things that you feel are weak, I get the vibe that they're intentional. Uh, like intent, like the dialogue is intentionally kind of hammy and crappy. Uh, it, at least my read is that it's it's lower quality dialogue to lean into the stickiness of it, right? Yeah, uh, I can see that. But then the the even just the the direction of our actors and the way that this is all like, and, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but the the script feels very aware that it's stupid to make a movie based on a board game. I agree you with know, that. Like, yeah. And the, the, like the big dramatic moment when we pull all the murder weapons out of the presence, like yeah, that's yeah. funny. That's hilarious because these are just the pieces from the board game. Right. Uh, right. But and the, it, the it writing like is it's, unlike anything I've watched in a very long time. Yeah. I feel like, and I don't want to take over your super pump. I definitely want you to keep talking about it, but it does feel like you talk about the weapons and everything coming yeah. out. It's like the thing about the, a clue based movie is also they they know they are not going to really upset a lot of people. No one's no, going to be offended. Right. That's not canon. People know what right. clue was. Yeah, that board <laughs> game's been around since like 1943. Right. Yeah. But no one's going to be like, mm, okay, well, the lead pipe usually is a different tint of silver, it's but not whatever. strong enough for that. Yeah. 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 When they open the presents, it feels like that works in the exact same way that in The Greatest Showman, when they're like, we should meet in tents, that doesn't work. Right. Like that's taking this piece that we're Ooh, all familiar with, this piece we're all familiar with and are expecting in this movie. And the movie's going, yeah, it's dumb. Here they yeah. are. Here's all the murder weapons. You wondered how we were going to get them in here, right? It's presents. Well, they're in these yeah. presents. No, yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. I, I think I think a lot of the dialogue. So just to be very clear on my stance, I do love the dialogue. I think that it works in spite of itself in most of the places that it works. And I don't know that I don't know that I know enough about the people that made this movie on the production side to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that it was intentional. I think it probably comes down to the ability of, in my opinion, it seems like it comes down to the ability of the cast to deliver said dialogue in a, I mean, they not in the way. Yeah. Um, yep. But but I my guess is you and I are loving a lot of the same moments with and have drawn different conclusions about why we love. But those you moments. credit you credit the performers and I credit yeah, the writers. I think so. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, our so it feels like the biggest board game pulls that they have are the floor. Mm -hmm. The floor yeah. looks like the tiles in the and board the game floor plan. and and the floor plan. Yes, so the same yep. mystery rooms go go to the ones that would Which on the board. Which is great, and then the little things that they get to add in terms of like everybody's car is the shade is the shade like the color of their pawn. Yep. When they come in, and so yeah, that that's just a ton of fun, and they get to do all the fun stuff of like adding an alias. This feels like the kind of the kind of uh, source material that something that that we would write together. 
Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, but what if this? And and right. that that's just so yeah. fun. To Colonel me. Mustard is their code name because nobody can know their actual right. name. Yeah. Right. I right. love that. Um, I also think Mr. Body is very funny because the game is always, you know, a body is found or whatever. And I think that's very funny. Um I think the concept, a character being named Mr. Body. Right. Yes. Right. I, I think Mr. Yeah. Body yes. himself we'll was pretty lame, but oh no, oh, we'll return to that. <laughs> Okay, sounds good. Um, I I think that there's something about a movie. I mean, this has what a 90 minute runtime at most. I think it's 91 minutes. It's an hour and a half. It's 86 yeah. minutes. Um, I think it yeah. it is such a short movie, and there is so much crammed into such a short amount of time. And it, I mean, this whole this whole movie is it's an 80 minute bottle episode. I mean, it's all just in this mansion. That's it. Um, and I, I just think that something is refreshing to me about that. Having watched all these like epic musicals spanning, like we just finished up this series of like these yeah. large scale grand musicals, watching this small 80 yeah. minute movie where it's just like, it's just kind of goofy and fun. That was a palate yeah. cleanser after Les Mis for is me. It, yeah. Refreshing. When you, when you have a set like this, which the whole thing was a set, except I think maybe for the one ballroom room, was the mm-hmm. hall uh, which one was not I think it was the ballroom like the uh okay yeah. gotcha it was like from an actual i think so yeah. mansion um this movie just made me want to and especially with its runtime made me want to if someone hadn't write write this for a 1x play or yes i was thinking the same thing or start casting my friends and be like <laughs> this would be so fun to go through like i imagine the cast like had a blast. You you, yes. you have to think, especially because of even if whether they are playing someone who is goofy or not, like everybody on this set is pretty stinking funny. Yes. Well, and they're and, in on it. Yeah. They're all working yeah. together to get to this, this goal. Yeah. Yeah. I really wonder who was cast first, right? And what was the trickle effect from there? Like who did they have to grab? I'm sure Tim Curry was way up there. Yeah. Because he's one of so the that's, top that's builds, who but. I was just thinking as you were saying like, stage play who would i cast as my friends there's something about tim curry that feels irreplaceable yeah well yeah and he's also uh in terms of like uh, again however much weight source material carries in this movie <laughs> like he's not ne- like he's the least fleshed out thing that right. we got basically yeah. in terms of the main he's functionally ensemble. the rule book of the game clue like that's basically the role that he plays i mean he says we try to i'm trying to find out who did this and why and, and what you know and it's like yeah that's it <laughs> there's clue yeah and and i think you know we i hear you saying he's irreplaceable but i have a feeling that if you put jimmy fallon in a meat dehydrator for about four hours he would look oh, a little God. bit like tim curry he, he would look like oh. tim curry he yeah. he wishes he could touch the bottom of tim curry's garment I think it'd be great Dang. to see the whole cast interact with him and then he just laughs and slaps tables the whole time. I would really love that. Um, speaking of casting, though, the woman that played, um, I, let me let me remember her name, Scarlet, Miss Scarlet. Uh, did you know she was originally mm-hmm. going to be Carrie Fisher? I did yeah. see that. That is yeah. wild. Also, this was my first watch of Clue uh, in realizing, no, that's not Susan Sarandon. Right. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Totally. I have thought for most of my life that Susan Sarandon was in this movie, but it is most certainly not her. Dude, do I I remember you saying something about that in... I probably did. What have we watched with Susan Sarandon in it? I don't know, but I remember talking about her being in Clue, and I was wrong. Oh, that was Enchanted, I think. 
Yes, dude. Maybe that's what it is. Oh, it's probably out there. Somewhere. I think it was enchanted. Yeah. Uh, can I give some breaking news yeah. really quick here on the pod? Um, I was looking into this uh, clue version that is definitely in the works. It's in pre-production. Um, our director is the guy who did the Muppets movies, which are actually yeah. great. Wonderful. Um, he also wrote Flight of the Concords oh and has done goodness. a lot of work with Sasha Baron Cohen. Wonderful. Not only do we have Jason Bateman in the cast, they've added a new cast member. Ryan Reynolds oh, is going to be in this movie. Oh, my goodness. Wonderful. As well. So, so it's good. a good start. I think I'm already in with those three players. So, so very much. Uh, Clue will come back, and maybe it's something we'll revisit on this I'm, podcast. Clue 2. The, the reckoning. Sequel the the cast member that I was the most shocked to see how much they have changed throughout the years is um, it's Same. Michael McKean. Yeah. Charles from Better Call Saul. Who is... Michael McKean is so underrated. Dude, fantastic. Michael McKean is also... Also, Doug Forsett in uh, The Good Place, yes. the guy who figures out the afterlife system yes. when he gets really high one day. And he's <laughs> also uh, Big Dave in Happy yes, Endings. Yes, he is Big Dave in Happy Endings. <clears throat> the Egg Bagel. He has aged, he has aged horizontally. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same. I'm sure we'll talk about that again during The Fugitive. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Tommy Lee Jones. Holy moly, that's so funny. That's funny, dude. Oh. That's funny. <laughs> I think while we're talking about the cast itself, I I almost super pumped the ensemble, mm-hmm. but I feel like Mr. Body would have had to be a part of that. Dude sucks. And Mr. Body, he does suck. This is basically like the lead singer of some random... It's Fear. Yeah. He's the front man of Fear. Yeah. And boy, he was, he was scary, wasn't he? <laughs> it's come back again, guys. I... I was trying to save it. He's my super dump. What a big, in a very strong ensemble. What a big swing and a miss. Man, he's mine too. He's, he's, he's a big swing and a miss. I was trying to think to like play the fan casting game. It's 1985. Who would I put in that role instead of him? Can I, can I I tell you who they wanted him to be so desperately? Have you all seen Reservoir Dogs? mm -hmm. Michael Madsen. Yep. Oh, Mr. Blonde. They wanted him yeah, to be that would have been good. Michael Madsen so bad. That would have been good. Um, I think I was trying to cast him too, Doge. And so because I had Mel Brooks on the mind so much, and we'll talk a little bit more about who my favorite character is in this movie, I think they should have cast... I always forget his name. I think it would have been fun to have... <clears throat> excuse me. It would have been fun to have Peter Boyle... Uh, who plays the monster in Young Frankenstein? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, and I think he's also Raymond's dad on Everybody Loves Raymond. He would have been fun. Gene Wilder is too big of a pull. I was. That's who I landed on. I thought yeah. that Gene Wilder would be really fun for that. To me, that's like that's a blow your budget kind of cast though, where it's like everybody else. Like Tim Curry was expensive. I don't know how expensive everybody else really would have been at this point. But like, can't you just let's get yeah. Gene Wilder? Like that would be so fun. Imagine him giving like a very much a bloom from the producers going crazy kind of vibe when he's handing yes. out the weapons and stuff. Yes. Yeah, dude, he he would have, but that just felt like such an easy maybe answer. Too obvious. Maybe that's the point. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we should have gone with the front man of fear. <laughs> but uh Mr. But that would have been funny too, because the name alludes to this guy's about to die, but it's it's a little bit of a shock if you lose Gene Wilder that early in yeah. the movie. Yeah. And it's just his dead body. You feel like his de- him acting like a dead Mr. Body would have been better than the breathing Mr. Body we got. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. But yeah, that's my super dump as well. That yeah. That kind of takes you out. He just felt like he felt like someone wearing 
red and going out with Kirk on a episode of yeah, it really Star felt Trek. that it felt like made for TV in the mid sixties. Yeah, I was like, here's this guy, and I don't know, his dad's the director or something. So yeah. no as, points. As we near the midpoint of our episode, I feel like. Uh, a good way to break this particular movie up in our discussion is so I felt, tell me, tell me how you guys felt. I felt like this movie had a clear um, like break point in the middle where we go from set up, set up, set up. All these murders are terrifying to almost the ensemble is now exhausted with murder and just kind of wants to be done. And it becomes so yeah. much mm-hmm. funnier at this point. Um, but yep. there, there is, it's around the time. So we get the, our first sort of, um, you know, the the guy whose car breaks down knocks on the door and they're still panicking and they lock him in. I feel for me, yeah. my, the break point is when the first chandelier falls. They lock they yeah. lock the traveler in the room. <clears throat> the first chandelier falls and everybody just kind of they don't literally sigh, but it feels like this death is just around every corner at this point. And then we get it leads right. us to one yes. of the hardest times I laughed in the whole movie when the entire group of people walks by a fresh new body and just keeps walking because they're like, well, <laughs> yeah. I guess that's just what happens the, here I'm now. Trying to think of the analogy because that structure is so interesting and so ballsy yes. to be like, we're going to build this tension. We're going to build this tension. I was thinking it's like if I'm blowing up a balloon and I've got a needle in one hand blowing up this balloon as big as it'll go. And you're like, oh my God, he's going to pop it with that needle. It's going to be such a loud sound. I'm going to get scared. And instead of popping it, I get it as full as it can. And then I squeeze Make the mouth fart. so that it just lets out a long balloon. Yes. Fart. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I have total confidence oh, as a writer, so total confidence as a writing team saying, actually, this is going to yeah. be even funnier. It's going to be better emotional the catharsis yeah. than the pop. Yeah. Oh, that's a great yeah, There's some, so many parts of this movie that I wondered especially with the skill of this cast that they were like, you know what? Like, are the writers taking credit for something that the actors actually came up with? I you don't know. know. Like, like, and I think that's like, yeah, that's our, that's our difference here. Right. Yeah. Cause that's so and I fun. I think it's because I love that it's a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> I, so Carter just sprinted away from He's his gone. chair and ran a whole lap He's around gone. his house. Um, is there anything in the yes. front half of this movie that we want to discuss before we uh, step into our middle and beyond. Yes, but it can be my, it's, it's a collective for the movie is my okay. super pump. So I, I can talk about yeah, it. Let's anytime. save that then. I think that's good. Is there, is there anything front half specific? I, I do think one of, so with the ensemble cast, something that is so interesting is it doesn't feel like, and this is rare for a, I feel like, especially an older movie ensemble cast. doesn't feel like we have any repeats. And by that, I mean, it feels like in this ensemble, it's very breakfast clubby in the sense of like, everybody's very distinct here. Nobody showed yeah. up in a pair. Nobody came together. And so because of that, we get all of these super different takes, um, which I feel like in the 80s, especially for f- like women characters, it's diff- interesting for them to be so unique um, because I don't feel like uh, women got to play a, dr- a drastic spectrum of character archetypes maybe in the 80s uh, at least not as much as they do now and so having having all of these different like character archetypes represented in this group i think makes the stew taste that much better mm-hmm. yeah and i don't know that Very i much. don't know that we would have gotten that in a more serious movie because some of these archetypes are just there for the joke yep that's a huge, I feel like the writer, and again, is it the writers or is it sure. the actors? I don't sure. know. The movie Clue does a really great job of differentiating that 
and creating yeah. unique characters to be played by these colored game pieces. You know yeah. what I mean? Like giving Colonel Mustard a military backstory and you know, like all that yeah. stuff. It's it's just really good. Yeah, I love that. I think that's really great. The other thing that I love is shout announcements. And it is time for that uh, right now. Mr. E has dropped us into shout announcements with no map and no explanation of where to go next. He has many more powers than I assumed. Having just heard his <laughs> intro at the beginning of this episode, I did not know that he commanded space and time with such force and he vigor. He seems to be a Mary Poppins, eldritch abomination type figure. <laughs> <laughs> well, this uh, ever-defining uh, faceless character... Uh, does have something special for this series. And you'll see it throughout in every one of our episodes, but wanted to give a heads up to the listeners and especially those that chose to listen to the shout announcements. See, there's some there's some worthiness here. Yeah, don't skip that, this part. <laughs> don't skip this part um, because you will find that uh, from Mr. E, there will be given a on our Instagram account uh, a clue or something for you to be able to answer about this week's episode. And so as we collect all of those, there'll be a special prize at the end for the first person that's able to give us all of the clues answered correctly from our entire series. So please keep a lookout for that and absolutely pay the kindest attention to Mr. E. I was I didn't have anything initially to contribute to shout announcements today, but then I noticed there's an envelope that just got slipped under my door. Let me go grab it. <gasps> Okay, I'm back. Let me go ahead and let me go ahead and open he's it. Ma- he's making all these noises with his mouth. It's what unbelievable. A Foley artist. Okay, there's a letter inside. Oh my is gosh, it's is one that of those how you magazine open letter. It's one of those magazines. It, it is when I'm under pressure on my podcast, Jordan. I open them however I can get the good letter <laughs> out, and it is a letter from Mister E written in those magazine cutouts, and it says, "I need you." to tell your listeners about the four ways that they can make a difference in the life of your podcast. They can support it. Uh, Mr. E says here, there are two money ways and two no money ways. Um, Oh, also he says, Jordan, check under your door for an envelope containing the two no money ways. While you're grabbing that, I'm going to read you the two money ways. The two money ways that you can help our podcast is by purchasing merch from us. uh, What we in the business refer to as a merchus. Or you can become a patron of our podcast. Uh, And listen, I know it's a weird time. 2020 is a weird year. Uh, 2020 is the Jupiter ascending of years, if you will. Um, And we understand if there are other things that you need to spend your money on. Things like groceries or rent or things like causes that are worthy to support. There's a lot of stuff going on in our world and especially in the United States right now. But if you do those things, if you fulfill all the duties and then you still have money left over that you'd like to show support to us with from <laughs> good save then merch and patreon are great ways to do that you can hit, you can hit the link in our instagram bio or click the tabs at the top of our website to find out how to do either of those things yeah be responsible get a mask with our faces on it yeah you, you actually can, do, can that. do that okay this is crazy because i just went over to my door looking for the envelope and there was none there but when i walked back what? to my computer Underneath my mug was a journal. And in the journal was a ledger for a code. And the code was actually on the bottom of the mug. And let me tell you what it says. Whoa. After decoding with the ledger in the journal. Boy, you're working fast. 
Well, you I are working fast. Uh, I've been preparing for this my whole life. The, the message does say this. Here's the two non-money ways to support the good boys, which I, I assume is us, the good boys. Um, That's really kind of mystery. Now, one way, and it's so easy. I mean, it really couldn't be easier, is to go ahead and absolutely demolish that follow button on Instagram. I mean, <laughs> bust a hole straight through your phone with your thumb. That's how hard you're hitting that thing. Follow us on Instagram. Doge works so hard on that art. It looks, yeah. I mean, scrum diddly umptious. We've got some interactivity going on in stories. Uh, that's a lot of the times where you're going to find out things first are going to be through our Instagram. So uh, make yep, sure you yep, go follow yep, that. Yep. You can also follow Twitter or find us on Facebook. I wouldn't recommend that third option. Um, I don't even think it's up to date necessarily. <laughs> um, but yeah, please go well, check out Instagram, especially during this series. We're going to have um, some places for you to interact with the uh, Mr. E secret clues on the Instagram. And also the other way, totally free, no money. So there's no money back guarantee because you're not going to spend any. The way to help us, maybe the best, look, we are at 249 reviews. You could be Number 250. In fact, I don't even want to promise that because it might happen before this episode comes out. But here's the deal. Our ultimate goal, we've said it a thousand times. We'll say it a thousand and one. We're going to hit a million reviews. (laughs) And you can be a very important step in that process. So please... You know what they always say? You don't get to a million without hitting 250 first. That's exactly what they say. I've heard that so many times. So do me a favor. Open up your phone. It literally will take you 45 seconds. You can, th- Doge. I actually think that's a. I think that's a Dave Ramsey book title. <laughs> don't hit a million without two fifty. I, I. We're trying to hit that review snowball. I know I've heard that somewhere. You can microwave a treat or warm up your coffee, and it will take you longer than it takes to review <laughs> and rate this podcast. So please go it's ahead true. and do that. I mean, maybe if your coffee's ice, I w- I would be afraid to microwave room temperature coffee for. That long. I mean, unless you're doing a lower power setting where you can kind of really bake so you the don't coffee pop rather it, than yeah. zap it. Hey, yeah. <laughs> do you guys see a pigeon outside your window? Yes. Oh and it says there's a note hanging from its neck. Hold on. Let me go read it. It says we're done with this part. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whoa, do you guys remember coming back here? Don't recall? I guess not. Mr. E. Mr. E's Holy powers. Unbelievable. <laughs> Goodness gracious. This He's is, done it again. This is only week one of our relationship with Mr. E. How are we going to continually innovate when he has godlike powers by the end of this I'm episode? I'm starting to be afraid uh, is, that maybe we hit the gas too hard, too fast on Mr. E. <laughs> Guys, is anyone else's pockets full of caramel Mine's candies? Mine's just beans. <laughs> Uncooked hard beans. My pants have been replaced with caramel candies. <laughs> the pockets in my caramel candy pants uh, are full of pants. <laughs> the brand name just says Mr. Charles e is everything. Mr. E is becoming the little green alien from the last season of the Flintstones. <laughs> Oh, yeah. What the heck? Okay. I am sick and tired <laughs> of not talking about my super pump. I'm over Okay. It. Go. Go. Uh, it's Tim Curry. Specifically. Yeah. The Specifically, design. it's yes. Tim Curry <laughs> sprinting around reenacting the entire evening. Yes. So many people do a good job of being a cartoon in this movie. But when Tim Curry is running around... He is somehow doing the thing that I expect to be accompanied with that like drum, awkward drum roll, like yeah. like when like when the smoke is coming from his feet right. when Shaggy runs in right. place. Yes, I, I. It occurred to me watching this movie that I have never not liked Tim Curry in something. Um, yeah, you, man, sure do love Pennywise. Was, don't I mean, you? he scares me very much, but he's great, and he he's great. He, I know you like his role. The voice of the evil computer that the evil team in Captain Planet uses, which I think is just splendid. And Nigel Thornberry. Oh, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, but I just think that he is just very funny in general, but especially as Wadsworth, man. He, yeah. he puts the back 40 minutes of this movie on his back and just says, come along with me, friends. And he feels like the balloon fart that they were like, actually, it's going to be this. Totally agreed. Yeah. Totally agreed. He is outstanding. And it's, I love a lot about this movie, but it's not even close to how much I love Tim Curry in this movie. I think he is hysterical. Yeah. He's phenomenal. My my super pump is who he gets split up with. Really? On uh, finding She's Madeline Kahn. She's very is, good in this. Yes. Yeah. I think she is so subtly the funniest part of this She's movie. Very funny. I think because I already love Madeline Kahn so much, Clue is worth a rewatch and something that I would just give to the two of you if you ever watch it again. Uh, for the group shots, just follow her. Like just watch <laughs> what she's doing. And I think she's the best at it from anybody else. Madeline Kahn, I fell in love with her with Young Frankenstein and her role there. She's also yeah. blazing saddles and yeah. sings I'm So Tired. Like... She is just, she feels like she walks out there and is the pro to me personally. I just, I love how subtle it is. I think like uh, in one of our endings, when we have them singing for she's a go- uh, for he's a jolly good fellow or whatever to Mrs. Peacock yeah, after yeah. the reveal, 
which is such a fun, awkward ending. <laughs> she's the one adding these crazy like yeah. Yeah. parts to it. And <laughs> I like forgot about that. Her her quote that I had at the beginning was completely ad-libbed and is like one of it's the favorite parts funny. of this cult classic of her. I hate, like this is the first time she's broken from just being this really like, I killed my husband. You know, he, he lays on his back. Flames? She has another scene too, to where, to where like, uh, they got, they got in there without using the door, right? It was locked and they got into the room and who we just found out her second husband was an illusionist. She just goes very genuinely. That's a great trick. Yes. Like, like, Madeline Kahn is just leaving these breadcrumbs and these clues in this clue movie that I think she's the totally. funniest That's part valid. of it. And I absolutely That's valid. love her. I love her, her. Specifically, I was like rolling around on the couch during her flames on the side of my face monologue. <laughs> Dude, it's so, it's so funny. It's just, it's just, yeah. She felt like she had full command of whatever she was going to do. Yes. And again, she's not alone. She just was the highest for me. Tim Curry was so close to being a super pump for me too. And honestly, our actor who plays Colonel Mustard had some of the best lines. Yes. Uh, of of He was just like rapid firing dad jokes probably more than anybody, but they landed and they landed Dude, well and they aged when well. They, after the singing telegram girl gets shot and they bring her body in and drop her from head height onto the ground. oh my goodness that killed me um and anytime the lights went off and everybody screams is Mm -hmm. just perfect um and and honestly with tim curry and it's not just specifically about him but the couple of times that he does a fake out of like oh no he got murdered and then he jumps back up and continues his little rant like when he first does it for mr body falls on the ground and then jumps up he keeps pushing mr green down over and over again um when he falls out of the refrigerator and they catch him and then he's like and then the cook (laughs) like it's just Yeah. yeah But yeah, I, yeah. I do so think I agree with I, you. I though, want to talk about Mr. Green being like the comedic heart of the last 40 minutes of this movie. Yes. Yeah. Mr. Green. Let's talk mm-hmm. about it. So Mr. Green is, and I want to see if you guys agree with this. Uh, in, in comedy pairs, you typically will have like the straight man uh, and then like the, the funny guy. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah, or, Dean right. Martin, Jerry Lewis. Exactly. Or yeah. uh, in like an ensemble comedy, like if we're to consider like Parks and Rec, the ensemble comedy. Uh, characters like Ben start as the straight guy where it's like everybody else is wild and I'm the only one that sees it's kind of weird that they love this little tiny horse, right? Right. Mr. Green feels like the closest thing we have in this movie to a straight guy uh, because he's not quite as funny as the others. I I just think it's interesting that we cast him in this sort of role where he's like a little bit able to see the lunacy of everybody else. But the thing that they're holding against him is that he's gay, but he's the straight guy in the group. I I don't know. I may be reaching for that, but that feels like a little thing no, that the writers may have. I was in. honestly expecting. I think it I was, was expecting more um, like homophobic hate because of a 1985 yeah. movie. And it really never for me ever crossed any yeah. sort of lines beyond beyond a couple of like like visual gags that I was like, all right, like beyond that, it really wasn't yeah. like the irony of him being cast with the Wii Sports icon of the movie, like him being set with her on the pair offs and like every other guy Mm -hmm. wanting to be the one that goes with her to the attic, I think is very funny. I just wonder if there's something to, if we're going to make us, if we're going to have a, like the word play of the straight man of our group is gay. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, you know, and, and not to get too much and in, in derail this and talk about like homophobic hate in movies, to be honest, I, I, I had, I had an internal like thoughts, like, well, thoughts are always internal. I was thinking about this as that role came up and also being like, oh good. I'm glad that it wasn't just like, I thought it was most more disrespectful to people who are overweight than it was to yeah, yeah. I agree. like being homosexual. But it's interesting though, because, you know, we also talked about Tim Curry in, in like Rocky Horror Picture Show. So I don't even think the community and the normal like demographic, like politically or anything like that, usually the movie makers are the ones who are not, if that's even included in a movie, uh, it's more like, uh, like a three billboards vibe or like a, um, it's a character in, in a dramatic role that's almost being like the oppressor. Right. It feels right. like, and again, I don't want to turn a blind eye to when, that demographic has been, you know, berated in movies as a joke, right? Sure. And that's something sure. we're totally against, but it is an interesting conversation that, that might come up again about, about the movie business in general and how they treat demographically different. Well, and it was pretty people. clear oh, that sure. this movie, I mean, just like everything else, not a great track record, unless you're a white straight sure. dude in movies. Yeah, 100%, right? And I think 100%. The, the production, it's clear that the, the production side of this movie, direction, writing, acting, like all of that kind of stuff, it seems to me pretty clear that, it was probably written from a, a fairly at the time counterculture perspective based on the fact that the butt of the joke oftentimes was uh, communism and socialism. And it's being like being like, hey, it's it, yeah, and, yeah, right, it's 80s, got nothing you know? to do with yeah. this. Like, yeah. it seems like that was sort of a joke of like everybody's distracted by the communism hints we've been dropping. But really, it's just plain old yeah. murder. Yep. Yep. Which I think is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, it, for it, sure. And it ages well, too. I think that that's really yeah. funny. It feels like the time, it feels like we need to devote some time to the three endings. Do y'all want to start talking about that now? So the split yeah. point is when, um, is when Tim Curry shuts the power off in the closet. Yeah. For the yeah. last time. Right. I mean, yeah. it's funny when I had read that trivia, I was like expecting, I was like, but that only happened 20 minutes into the, you know, it's like Mr. Body does it. Tim Curry right. does it more than once, but yeah. That's when he the goes last into time, that closet with everybody standing in the like atrium of the house, the entryway of the house, when he shuts that light off, shuts that power off, that is where the three endings begin when the lights come back up. Right. And they all actually start with yep. Mr. Green saying something along the lines of like, haven't we had enough of this kind of fright tonight? Like that yeah. kind of thing. So I think it is yeah. incredibly interesting and really, really fun that this movie shipped with three different endings. There was a fourth. I don't that feel like the, it means anything. Like, I don't feel like we need to talk about that, but that is the ballsiest thing about right? this movie to me is that like my brother lives in a different state. And so if it were 1985 and I called him and said, Hey, did you see clue? Uh, pretty crazy that the Butler did it right. He could, very validly say absolutely not it was it was miss scarlet what are you talking about yep because we yeah. saw different movies yeah so fun I think that's great i'm glad all three are here i think it's fun release. i think it is ballsy yes yes I, I i wonder you know what had maybe this maybe it was over advertised and that's why it lost money in the theaters sometimes it's hard to look at a cult classic in the present day and wonder why it wasn't such a big deal sure. when it first yeah. came out sure I wonder if 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 the different ending thing might have uh, worked against it. Hmm. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I, I kept watching this and wondering what was going on. And, and the only conclusion I could come to is the cast is just so chock full of people that were a huge deal at that time. And maybe it just fell short. It was just not 
not what we were hoping. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if people were hoping for less of a skewering of the genre and more like a, an Agatha Christie novel set on a clue board. Yeah. How do you look at the cast and think that's what you're going to get? Yeah. Though? No, that's a valid question. You know, and maybe, maybe that's the, the burden of uh, modernity though. Like where I'm looking at it uh, and I'm able to check out the full cast of a movie before I go see it, you know, and able to like really quickly pull up. Oh, what else has Tim Curry been right. in? You know, right, right. Yeah. That's a good point. No, I, I didn't, I didn't think about that. That's Sometimes I, I, I have had the IMDb app. So the IMDb app is one of my most used apps on my phone, like by far. Yeah. And I've had it since I had a phone. Like I got a smartphone, and day one was like, "There's an IMDb app. That's great." The and app was the app was already on it. Weirdly enough, <laughs> yeah, it came Mr. E yeah. again. Goodness gracious. Um, but I think sometimes it's easy to forget that like it hasn't always been this easy to just be like, what's the 1000 things this person's been in ranked in order from most yeah. recent to oldest, um, which is yeah great. I, I'm glad we have that tool now. Um, do, do y'all have a favorite ending of the three? Yes. Yeah. Which one's too. your favorite? My favorite is that this is that Mr. Green works for the FBI. Yeah, me too. I think I enjoyed that one the My, most. My, I love that one. That's my, that's my, eh, I don't know. I kind of like all three of them. I think my favorite is Mrs. Peacock is the murderer. That one is so goofy. <laughs> I love just that. The, the fact that um, Wadsworth was working for J. Edgar Hoover the whole time and like bringing them yeah. all in yeah. to find Mrs. Peacock is so great. That's fine. Um, like I love the I police chief if- busting in and just being like, you got him Wadsworth. You did it. <laughs> uh, I just think it, but also I think Mrs. Peacock was lost on me for the first half of the movie. I don't think I started to appreciate how over the top and hilarious she was until like close what to she the was end. doing. Yeah. And so when she got her time to shine in that finale, like holding the gun and backing <laughs> everybody up and we all leave one at a time. Oh, her and whole demeanor changes. First. It's so good. Yeah. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if like, so that was, that was probably my least favorite. Oh, really? Because it felt so unexpected. Totally. Yeah. No, there uh, is nothing hmm. telegraphing that at all. But if the movie had ended right there, I think I would not have enjoyed, I would have been like, oh man, that was a bummer. That didn't feel right. earned. And I wonder if that word of mouth is what hurt the, like, I wonder if this oh, movie yeah. really yeah. only works if you see all three. That endings. could be it. That's what I was. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at yeah. when I was saying, you know, I wonder what if that was one of the big downfalls of it losing it. money. Well, yeah. And I think I think I the only I guess reason I, understand what you're saying I like that ending is not because it works, but because of how fun it is. And I, yeah, I think if that was the only yeah. ending, I honestly if might that was not the like only it. thing you saw. Yeah, because I think I think Miss Mrs. Scarlet or Miss Scarlet and then the Wadsworth is the murderer are actually better endings as far as like, yes. If that was the only ending to the movie, I would prefer one of those. But when I get to see all three, my my favorite one, like if I had to pull one up and watch it on YouTube right now, it would be the Mrs. Peacock ending again. Yeah. Um, but I wonder that I just love like fully that. 33% of the people that saw this movie in theaters got the kind of jokey Mrs. Peacock ending. That's valid. Right. That's valid. Yeah. And it's just a shot in the pan of hoping that that's the kind of people that enjoy that kind yeah. of humor. Um, I, I think... My what sealed the Mr. Green ending for me in terms of him being a member of the FBI was literally asking who done it and everybody pointing to somebody. That is different. great. Yeah. I thought that I thought that, that great. was great. And that the fact that really he, the fact that he solves the game of clue that he says it was Wadsworth in the wherever with the revolver. You know what I mean? That yeah. he's able to like yeah. 
clearly distill the purpose of the game that right there. feels <clears throat> like if there's one ending that is quote unquote canon that feels like the canon ending to this story wadsworth i mean that's how it's that's how it's introduced the title card says but here's what really right. happened right um yeah and it and it it makes a lot of sense out of mr green's mr green being so sure the entire time that he had nothing to do with it like all that kind of stuff is very interesting. And that, that, that Jay, that Jay Hoover phone call was for me. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I don't remember who it was, but somebody's asking Wadsworth. So is it just the FBI's business to go around cleaning up after <laughs> Just, people? Yes. And he goes, why do you think they're led by a man named Hoover? Oh, that's so <laughs> good. <laughs> so wonderful. Many. So many good jokes. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think maybe that's what I'm saying about all the like communism jokes is like it does feel like this movie was very clearly like poking fun at Red Scare, poking fun at oh, like FBI involvement in like conspiracy cover-ups and murders. Like it it sure. and it, it feels like it it was punching up in a way that made it feel very comfortable to laugh at. Yeah. Yeah. Um Kind of has that some of that cockiness of like American yeah. film. That's just like we're gonna poke fun on a right. grander scale. Yeah, with that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I wonder. I do wonder if this movie. Man, I wish I could erase my memory and only watch. Apparently, the DVD version has an option to pick a random ending, so you could watch the whole thing oh, that's and just cool. whatever ending you get to the one you get. And I think I would love to yeah. erase my memory. And watch it just with with an in, with one of the endings and see how just I feel about ending. it. Because yeah. now that you've brought that up, I can't get that out of my head. That this it has this movie been cursed by such an ingenious idea that only works if you're in on the joke. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, a, a definition of a cult classic it feels like is one that gains momentum totally. after it is long gone from theaters. And so for that, I mean, that coincides with getting a version that has all three. And then people, all of a sudden people are like, this is great. Because you get the crea- creativity of three different endings to see them all at once. And then also probably what you might be most satisfied with. Yeah. I think the ending, the fact that I got to see multiple endings helps me look at this movie through the lens that the the team behind it, I'm not going to credit writers, I'm not going to credit <laughs> actors, the team behind it. Intended, which is to say the solution doesn't matter. You need to have fun along the way and laugh while we're doing a a really thorough send up of this type of storytelling. And if I'm only presented with one ending, I think that is me expecting them to still pop the balloon and still give me a little bit of what I'm expecting of. Oh, I can't believe you put it together that way. But I never had that moment last night while I was watching it. None of the endings gave me the, oh my gosh, it all makes sense moment. It was all like, oh, that's really funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. When it. So watching for the first time, did you know it had three endings before you started it? I didn't until until I started to see the second ending. And then I was like, oh, yeah, this is the movie so that, that has that's multiple endings. So that's what I did, too. It, it finished. I was like, I don't remember that being how it ends. And then it said, or this, you know, or this could have happened. And I or was maybe like, this oh, my gosh, yeah. who's the one with three endings? I forgot. Um, yeah. Man, I feel like we are cursed with the inability to erase memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i bet mr you e ask him for so well just ask sure him. there's little he can't do but i think we're running into right now the same reason that carter bought the phantom menace poster and i bought the revenge of the sith poster it's just like man this is it has become something sure. that it wasn't sure you know in the yeah, years since it that's released a good point. 
I yeah. This is such an interesting yeah, first movie point. for this series, and obviously, like we picked it. I think it's perfect, but yeah. like, I think our bookends are perfect. Yes. Yeah. I mean this this is this sets us off a strange path. This series is going to be a, a winding road. Sorry, Mister E picked it. We didn't pick it. Um, but this is going to be yes. such a fun journey through these like. Because I mean, we we are taking the the label of mystery to its different ends of the spectrum here. I think <laughs> it is loose till it's yeah. literal. I mean, it's, it's literal. Be, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. But I think it is time to rate Clue. I think the best way to rate this movie is using uh, Mrs. White's late husband's favorite hobby, science. Uh, the scientific cinema <laughs> scale. But uh, unfortunately, to be a part of this twisted adventure. Mr. E has informed us that we're not allowed to read the scale. So uh, I guess we just see what happens. The best thing they could say about this movie is own it, don't lend it, buy that poster. The next best thing is buy it, followed by rent it, and then stream it. Almost the worst is forget it. Lastly, and worst, God hath forsaken us. Thank you, Mr. E, and thank you to Jordan, who is me, for going first and volunteering to take the plunge. I, uh, so before I started this movie, before I hit play, my uh, estimation, my assumption was that I would stream or rent this movie. Y'all, I'm buying this movie. Um, It is so close to a poster, weirdly. Like, I was not expecting to love this as much as I did um, based on how I felt about it watching it as a kid. I just think it went over my head as a kid. Um, this movie rules. I'm buying this movie. It's a hard, easy buy for me. I'm going to buy this one as well. Uh, it was honestly a forget it until they started to let the balloon fart instead of popping uh, it. Sure. And then I realized, oh, that's right. what this movie is? I'm very right. into that. Uh, so this is going to be a buy for me as well. I'm going through this fun thing that happens uh, very naturally and had happened well before a podcast existed to where I would specifically talk with this group and wonder what my opinion is like have something in mind and then the one hour that it took to record everything, like oh, things totally. change. That's happened to y'all too on oh, this yeah. episode, right? Big time. Like, uh, yeah. You guys have changed my appreciation in both directions for a movie as we have talked about it. Like I have felt, which reminds me, I want to, there's some more stuff I want to talk to you about with Les Mis. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and this might be the first time that I've had. No, it's not. I had the lowest rating on revenge of the Sith. Um, I'm going to have the lowest here and I am going to go ahead and rent it. I think it does not have any kind of massive influence on me. Um, But for me specifically, I did find myself because I went so Mel Brooks thinking about this script, uh, enjoying anything Mel Brooks has done infinitely more. And that this one was just a blast. Man, what a great choice for a dinner party to watch. If like we're going to watch a show together. Yeah. There's such good. I would go to the. I, I, I'm interested in going and seeing it at Alamo Draft House if they ever have another fun interactive night. But it's just in comparison to some other things like it, it's not it's not top sure. tier. But I sure love it. And it's got a ton of rewatchability. It's weird for me to have something with so much rewatchability be rated this hmm. low. But it is a rent for me. It's. I mean, it, what I'm hearing is maybe it's a little bit more like a Walmart brand Mel Brooks movie where it's like, this is <laughs> kind of the same thing, just not See, quite See, I almost there. don't even think it's... Right. 
it, it definitely has some some of that Mel Brooks flavor. Like, there's no doubt about that. But it does not feel, to me at least, like a cop, like a genre copycat necessarily. Clue Clue feels. No, I, I think, think it's probably a tone, a vibe yeah, copycat. Yeah, maybe. But it That's also stands alone. Yeah, I mean, Clue a, feels it's like game. it's on its, it's own. It's, it's not Doctor Pepper. It's Doctor like, Thunder. Clue feels like yeah. it is pretty firmly its own thing and yet not at all. I don't know. It's a we- it's weird, man. I I really I really yeah. was shocked at how much I loved this. Um and and also shocked at how wrong my memories of it from childhood were. This feels like if yeah. I had watched it as a kid. I, I don't I think I cared it. for it as a kid. Yeah, it leans more adult. Yeah. Well, there's sure, nothing sure. exciting that happens visually. So unless you're keeping up with dialogue <laughs> <laughs> Just like there's nothing interesting visually, there's nothing interesting in us continuing to rate this movie after we've already. I think it's interesting. Movie. I think it's interesting. Says you. Well, you guys want to record a couple of different endings? <laughs> oh, that we'll would have been good. We should have known which one they think is our real rating. iTunes gets one. Spotify gets one. Google Play gets one. Oh, we we don't have that kind of technology. <laughs> so we can't rebuild them, huh? Well, um, this is the first week of our five week series, Mister E where he is dropping clues and movies left and right for us to follow the trail and find out uh, something, I guess. Let's step outside the Mr. E bit for just a second. Pay small attention to the man behind the curtain. What a stupid name no, for it's a so character. Good. It's so good. I love it so much. <laughs> hey, thank you for joining us. You know, like I always do at the end of every episode where I say thanks to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Everybody get home next week. Be sure to tip <laughs> next your servers. Week we will uh, be reviewing the David Fincher film Gone Girl, starring pretty similar Benjamin, to this one. Uh, and mm-hmm. is it Rosamund Pike? Very. That, is that right? Okay. Yes, um, sir. What a trip that movie was the first time I saw that. So we'll be uh, reviewing that next week. Make sure you tune on in and uh, do we have anything else that we need to drop at the listeners feet before we close down shop nothing that would yeah tell your friends and not, your enemies not ruin their shoes tell your friends and tell your, your enemies friend. about our show no matter who no matter hey, who's in your tell life your tell moms. them about our show moms love us and that I, is true. speaking of somebody who has a mom she's pretty great I, I'm a big fan of moms I think moms are great they're the backbone of this country that's also true so uh, tell, your, tell your moms tell your mom's friends about us <laughs> They'll love us. To end today's episode, I'd like for you, for each of us to say our name and to cast our mother as a role in this movie. Oh, what? Oh, no. Oh, no. This is weird. This is hard. This is Two Chunks. That's our new slogan. This is weird. This is, weird. This is this hard. Is two, chunks. This is two, two Chunks in a Hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders, and Donna, my mom, Donna's going to be the police chief that knocks on the door and gives the Jesus flyer to everybody. That one's Donna this time. <laughs> Good job, Donna. <laughs> I'm Doge, and my mother, Jen. Jennifer, will be playing the role of Mrs. Body <laughs> because she loves people and wants to make sure they're having a good time. And that would be a much kinder energy to bring to this character. 
just sort of like the consummate host. I'm Mr. Bot. <laughs> Miss Body's like, not. Oh, yeah. I'm, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to my home. It's a little. It's a little. I mean, we didn't get to pick it up that good, but like you can sit here on the couch. It's really nice. I have some <laughs> snacks coming. Like we're going to die here pretty soon. Like within the next few minutes. So it's okay. But it's okay. It's okay. As long as you have a good time. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I, I might die, but it's okay. <laughs> Uh, Mom, if you're I'm listening, Carter. that was not a send up. That was not directed at you in any way. I don't I know. His face, you can't see him, but his face looked mad. You're going to be in Trevor. Uh, again, I'm Carter and my mom, Deanne. That's right. There's an apostrophe De- in her name. Talk about a mystery. I thought it was the Anne uh, this whole time. It, it, the the Anne, Deanne. Um, I honestly feel like my mom would have the most fun mm. playing Mrs. White. um so as much as as much as uh mrs white is my super pump for this movie my mom is my super pump (laughs) for this life you know tears um real tears but uh i i think i can i think i honestly can see my mom doing a good job of playing that role and doing her own ad lib for certain things and acting like she's had five husbands i think she'd have a blast (laughs) with that and it gives her a little bit more uh time with tim curry always good just the one-on-one and so she would have loved that Listeners, be sure to check out our mom's podcast they have together. It's called Our Kids Started a Podcast, colon, The Three Moms Story. <laughs> oh, I wish we just had a cut of all of your colon titles that you come up with. <laughs> you would like a cut of my colon, Hannibal Lecter. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.